Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Bob Dolgan. Bob is the founder of Turnstone Strategies. And Turnstone Strategies provides marketing and communication strategies with a specialty in nonprofit organizations. Bob is also the creator of Monty and Rose, a documentary chronicling a pair of endangered birds that nested in Chicago. And it is definitely worth your time to check out. Really interesting to learn about the birds, but also see a side of Chicago that maybe you have not seen before. So definitely recommend that. And I'm going to put the information for that below the podcast. You guys can, can check that out if you're interested. So Bob, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. I am glad to be here. Yeah, very cool. So tell us about you and about your business a little bit. Sure. So I started Turnstone Strategies in 2018 after about 17 years working in Chicago nonprofit organizations, primarily in the marketing communications function. And, you know, it's been, it's been a journey, I'll say for sure. I started giving some thought to creating my own business when I was finishing my MBA at Kellogg School of Management. And so I I felt like I had gotten to a point personally where flexibility of being a consultant was of interest and also that I think I was far enough along in my career that I could provide some expertise and skills to nonprofit organizations that might be in need of those. And and so I started off on my own, continued to be the only full-time employee of Turnstone Strategies, but we have a, a number of fantastic partners and subcontractors that we turn to for certain projects. But the idea is basically taking my years of experience in communicating about pressing public issues, com- communicating about nonprofit missions, and and then applying that to to a variety of organizations. And as it turns out, the focus has been mostly on where my personal interests are, and that's on environmental issues. And as a person who's been identifying birds since since I was eight years old and been into the hobby of bird watching, that's pretty easy for me to focus on. And one of the great sort of side projects that I've been able to undertake because of the increase increased flexibility that I have is the documentary Monty and Rose that you mentioned. And uh, that, that film has since become an official selection in a film festival here locally, the One Earth Film Festival. And it was broadcast on our local PBS station and has been uh, pretty pretty well received and got, gotten pretty good renown, in particularly in, in birding circles in Chicago. But really the focus of the business is on consulting. And the idea is to add value for organizations in areas where they may not have the capacity to, to take on certain communications projects, but also to, to just add an outside perspective. Oftentimes I'm in contacting organizations, I get the response of, well, we already have a communications director, so we're not gonna need your services. But I like to say, and I like to think that there may be certain things I can look at from a communications perspective as somebody with a lot of experience from the outside where even the on-staff expertise can, can still benefit from, from my, my look at things. You know, anything that I share on this podcast, I'll just caveat with, it's been just two years. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still learning a lot, but I would like nothing more than to be able to share what I've learned with your audience. So thank you. Yeah. 
I think the perspective of, of relatively new business owners is a great perspective because you're still fresh enough in it to remember kind of what the beginning is like, and you're still going through some of the, the transitions in the beginning. So I think it's a, a great perspective compared to someone who has, you know, maybe been a business owner for 50 years and doesn't remember what it's like starting out. So yeah, the, the birding and the environmental issues are, are very cool. That's a, a really interesting focus for, you know, a different agency. And it's, it's cool that you've been able to, to get into your passion in that sense as well. And I wanted to ask though about the communication side that you're talking about. So for a, a nonprofit or even a, a for-profit business, what are maybe some of the communication areas, kind of like you said, that, that they may not be aware of that they're falling short in, but that someone like you could come in and, and help them, you know, kind of maybe even just be aware of, of what those issues are or where some of their shortcomings are? Great question. Yeah, I think the challenges for nonprofit organizations often comes down to budget and, you know, not having a lot of excess operating budget to devote to something like communications. It can feel like a, a luxury of sorts. However, I think it's essential to to the success of a nonprofit. I think communicating one's mission is is critically important, and especially when we're talking about just some of the most pressing societal issues that we face, whether it be education, healthcare, social services, the environment. These are really massive issues and there's phenomenal stories happening every day inside nonprofits that are just not being told. And I think there's tends to be a, a bit of a shyness in sharing those stories. I think nonprofit folks are often a humble lot and it can appear that one is bragging by by highlighting the success of programs, but I think that's actually really critical because you're not going to get additional support and interest from folks if you don't do that necessarily. And it's a very competitive environment, and especially right now with so many um, challenges facing communities. So, So I think organizations really need to be out there with their stories and not to just put a revenue objective with it, but it, it's but that's just the reality. And that being really good at articulating your story can have very very impressive impacts for your fundraising. And doing those things, two things together, communications and fundraising, for any organization can really unlock a, a lot of potential. And so I think it's taking the sort of day-to-day activities of an organization and then thinking about whether those are being communicated to a wider audience. And and when I say wider audience, this doesn't have to be like the front page of a newspaper or, you know, the first story on the five o'clock news. This can, this can be just creating regular email contact with, with your constituents and supporters. I mean, there's I'm amazed at how many times I encounter a nonprofit that is like, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that nonprofit. Then you say, well, what do they actually do? Or how often have you heard about or heard from them or gotten a sense of what impact they're actually making? And there's often a gap between mm-hmm. awareness and understanding of impact. And so that's a huge part of where I see my value is just taking activities you're already doing and really amplifying them. Yeah, that's really interesting. So just pretty much doing the activities that you're already doing, but making others aware of them and speaking about them in a way that it's distilled down to an understandable piece of information. That's a really cool piece that I hadn't thought about. And I'm sure that also converts to for-profit businesses in a lot of ways as well, just keeping front of mind with your customers and your clients, just 
like you said, even if it's just a simple email newsletter, these are the things we're working on. These are the new things going on with us. Just kind of that communication and, and staying in people's minds is really powerful, whether it's for nonprofits or for profits. So, yeah, definitely. And I think in both settings, you know, connecting with people on an emotional level and on a values level is key in those communications. And I think nonprofits, that is just all about emotions and values. And it's mm-hmm. just so rich for storytelling and making people feel more connected to the community, to the organization. And and then for, you know, in for-profit settings, it's it's a little bit different in that, you know, you, you have sales goals and, you know, profit goals, but but I still think it's not all that different in that you look at a story and you talk about the meaning that the product mm-hmm. or service has for for a customer or the, you know, the pride with which a the employees or staff go about their work. I mean, there's there's just a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for stories. And and I think this can be a fairly low cost way to to really connect more deeply with people, whether it's a customer or in the case of a nonprofit, say a potential potential donor or funder or you know it's elected officials. It's a different setting in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. I think the core tenets of marketing and looking at connecting with people along the lines of their values and then explaining the benefit of whether it be the product or the organization is is what's key. Get somebody involved. Like if you get someone out to volunteer with your organization even once, like I mean studies have shown that that immediately increases their likelihood to give. You for sure it increases their likelihood to tell a friend about what they did while volunteering. So there's just a, a lot of opportunities like that, and hmm. and that's that's where I see there being you know much more potential for organizations, and hopefully I can help them do that. Yeah, for sure. What what you were saying made me think about transparency as well, right? When you're a nonprofit, when you're giving to a nonprofit, rather, you're looking for some measure of transparency, at least. You know, where, where's this money going that I'm that I'm giving? And if you're giving a, a sizable amount, you're probably especially thinking that I want to make sure that this money is used for effective uses, you know, instead of maybe a lot of admin pieces or a lot of build out of, of other projects that maybe you're not as passionate about. You want to see at least some sort of communication about kind of where that money is likely to go, or at least some, some percentages there. So even right. from just that, that fundraising or financial side, I think that transparency can be really helpful for people building some trust with, with the nonprofit of their choice. So. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I, that would definitely be another benefit of just really mm-hmm. clear, compelling stories. So I want to, talk about your business ownership journey so far a little bit. And you already mentioned the the flexibility that, that you've been able to enjoy with that. But what are some other pieces that have been either challenging or enjoyable or maybe both about moving into the entrepreneur side of life? Yeah, I mean, definitely the flexibility. Um, you know, life balance is great. I, I think the other thing that has been really nice for me has been the the variety of of projects. I I had worked um, in one organization as an employee for 11 years. And I think after, at least this might just be my personality, but after 11 years, I I was looking for new new stories to tell and new new, new ideas to work on. And and, and, I mean, I I think it was just time. And and so like I've had looked back for the past two years and now it's almost like a dozen, you know, different different projects I've worked on and like been able to kind of dig into those business challenges, dig into the subject matter, you know, meet just really great people. So I think that has been been good for me 
personally, and then seeing the impact that the work has made. I think those are some things that when, especially at least in communications, when you're really focused on communicating for the organization, being kind of an ambassador for the organization, there isn't much room for when you're on staff, there isn't a lot of room for other kind of public projects. I think it could be confusing for for folks, especially in public relations, you know, like if I'm reaching out to a a reporter, potentially, am I reaching out on behalf of the organization I'm with or am I reaching out on behalf of Bob Dolgan? Mm -hmm, (laughs) And, And so not having to worry about that has been really refreshing over the past two years. There's probably some other things I'm, I'm overlooking. I mean, there's definitely the benefits of when the kids were going to school in person, I could pick them up almost every day. <laughs> but then there's some challenges with that too. I mean, especially now that my entire family is working from home, that it doesn't leave a lot of room for right. for doing the more some of the more entrepreneurial aspects of the work, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, but who could have foreseen where we'd be <laughs> in 2020? Right. Um, and it's affecting everybody, I would think, most people yep. in similar ways. So For sure. No, I think that's that's a common theme right now in the business world. I mean, even for myself, it's the same. You know, our normal childcare isn't able to come the last two weeks because of COVID tests and possible illness and things like that, you know. So as a business owner, like you said, the flexibility is amazing, but also you do have the challenges of sometimes that flexibility needs to be used elsewhere. Right. That's both the good <laughs> and the bad. It you know, it's great experiences to have, but also like you said, it can take away a lot of time that's maybe needed to to build the business. So Speaking of that, of that business growth, I suppose, you know, being a business owner, there's a lot of different hats to wear. How do you try to kind of balance the business development side, you know, growing the business, building the business, handling all the different roles, as well as doing, you know, all the client work and all the, all the projects and things like that? It's definitely a, a delicate balance. And, you know, I would say the business development work is increasingly challenging quite honestly for me to get to and it can be a little frustrating at times i mean but also there's a business development value to delivering really well on the projects <laughs> and producing really high quality work so so i think it's it's a that's what i've found in just like 24 months of doing this is that 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 is almost at the core of every decision I'm making is sort of juggling those two things. And I think before I got into this space, I maybe had a, like kind of inferred a sense of that like in this world, but I think I've just much more tangible experience of that now. So I, I think of it, I've tried, I'm trying to sort of meld the two things more naturally so it doesn't feel like you're either doing one or the other and I think uh, especially now that we can't get out and do any in-person networking I think it's really important to stay top of mind with with a number of folks and I'm starting to do that a bit more now just in the past month or so where I'm just setting up more networking conversations either following up with people I've been in touch with in the past or reaching out to people who I don't know and and may have some things in common with. So so my feeling is that maybe over the next year or so I'll get this will feel more natural and won't be as much of like a either or proposition of like well you're either 
executing on a project or you're looking for new projects. I think I'm hoping that kind of intertwines a bit more naturally coming up. I, I think it will. But yeah, so it, it's definitely a challenge. I don't like, again, I'm a one person staff. So, so that's part of this. And I think the likelihood of like outsourcing something like business development is not especially in what I think is a fairly narrow niche. I don't think it's likely to be possible. And I'm saying this in part because I've received a lot of requests via LinkedIn on that front (laughs) over the past, I don't know what it's just over the past three to six months. So the hand-to-hand direct outreach I'm finding may be irreplaceable, at least right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, that's really key. The networking you mentioned, and you know, I think a lot of business owners think about networking and they know they need to do it, but they're not sure necessarily what that looks like even before COVID and now with COVID and just social distancing and such is obviously a lot more difficult to figure out how to do that in a way that feels still genuine and and not spammy, I suppose. So <laughs> do, you, do you have any, any tips there for, for what's worked well for you so far, you know, in kind of in the, in the age of COVID? reaching out to people in a way, kind of stay in front of mind when kind of your only tools are virtual tools in some way, I suppose. Any tips there? You know, one thing I, w- I was skeptical of until just recently was like the sort of cold LinkedIn outreach. And I think once I, I've kind of opened that up a little bit more, there actually is something there because I mean, the point of LinkedIn is to be a sort of virtual, you know, meeting post of, of sorts. I mean, it, you know, virtual social network for, for business minded people. And so, but, but I think, you know, I think that's just, where where we are and i've given thought to sort of could there be like some virtual convenings that take place but i think it it could it's trying to figure out what is a fit for people and doesn't verge on kind of spam or just noise and and so i think it's always possible to go back to one's networking connections and and just say hey it's been a little while and the world has changed but i'm doing this now and at least for me, having been in a transition recently, that may lend itself to a conversation starter. So I think there's still some ways to do it, and and it can be done over the phone or, or Zoom. And you know, I've kind of thought, well, like all the people who were really busy with in-person events, this is affecting everyone equally. So they may have more time on their calendar for, and who like we're having, I don't know, networking lunches every, every day. Seemingly they would have more time on their calendar for general networking conversations too. The people who you would think would be inundated, maybe their calendar is opened right. up. So I've just tried to take a sort of common sense approach to it. And I think in general, one piece of advice would be like, just you know, connect with someone on a personal level, and it doesn't necessarily need to be about the immediacy of sales or something. And just connect on a personal level, and it may not have an immediate sales outcome. But if you've connected with one person and shared a bit about your work, and that's a success. So, but it definitely is. Uh, <laughs> it's still a lot of a lot of groundwork, and not to say that there's only one way of doing this for sure. Right. No, I think that's great. I, I think, you know, sometimes the worry with social media and in virtual meetings are, yeah, kind of like you said, you know, if, if it's just a cold invitation or a, or a cold connection, it, it feels kind of spammy and it can be, you know, people definitely 
do quite a bit of that on, on platforms like LinkedIn, especially, but you also can find a lot of really solid people and, and just have some good conversations. And I like what you said, you know, it doesn't have to be about sales. It doesn't have to be about who's going to pay who it, it can just be, you know, learning about other people and, and maybe down the line, you can connect them with someone else or they can connect you with someone else. And uh, in the meantime, you can, can learn about some cool work that, that people are doing. So yeah, I, I love that. Sure. I think that's really cool. And you know, that, that's maybe a slight upside to not having all the, all the in-person networking meetings because those can be great, but also sometimes it's just a lot of passing around business cards. You're not really fostering real connections. So, you know, maybe even in this time of, of virtual connections, it forces us to be a little more intentional potentially, and, and that can lead to some good quality connections. So yeah, those are some great yeah. insights. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a high likelihood of, you know, when you're at an in-person networking event, that percentage of people you don't necessarily you might get a card or just not connect with for whatever reason. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily lead to like a really valuable connection just as well as LinkedIn, you know, same thing on LinkedIn. Well, thanks, Bob. This has been great. It's been really interesting to learn about what you do and, and see some of your work as well. And I'm, I'm interested to keep seeing it. I'm going to put the description, the link to, to your information below, below the podcast here. I also have the description to the uh, Monty and Rose documentary. If listeners, if any of you want to check that out, like I said, definitely worth a watch. It's really cool. Especially if you live in the Chicagoland area, may give you an idea of some new, new places to check out. So thanks again, Bob. And uh, yeah, it's been a, been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much, Nate. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the invitation and best wishes with, with the podcast.